0: Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, the place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. Visiting this week, we haven't been uh, for uh, the last few weeks, we are wrapping up uh, a series that we've been doing leading up to what's coming next, the annual meeting where we've been taking a look at our five theological convictions, those uh, deep theological truths that we hold to be true that shape us to be a church for Lindisfarne making disciples of Jesus, as it says on the banners up the back there. And we've spent the last month uh, taking our time to show and be reminded uh, and uh, re-corrected in our thinking that, that these, these things that we put at the start of our vision document a few years ago at that annual meeting back in 2017 are indeed true and we do actually believe them. But Jesus Christ is head of the church, that is, he's uh, the one who uh, we follow. We don't do things because we think it's a good idea, we do things because he tells us. And we saw when we looked at that conviction that, in fact, Jesus is not only just the head of the church, he's the head of the whole world. And he created everything and everything holds together through him. And the difference between us and anyone else is that we simply acknowledge true reality to be true, that Jesus is in charge. And so we seek to live our lives following the King, following the King Jesus. And we saw in week two that we believe that Jesus has sent us to make disciples. This is the job that he has given the church. Go and make disciples, he says. He says it at the end of Matthew so clearly, but we saw in Acts and we saw in John how as Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, he gives the disciples this mission of going and telling and proclaiming. Make disciples of the nations. But he doesn't just say, here's a job to do. He actually gives us some tools for how to do it. And we saw how the early church put those into practice in the third week, where uh, they, they, they made disciples how? Through the preaching of the word, through prayer and through acts of generosity and service both to each other and to the wider community. That that there was actually a method to Jesus' disciple making uh, mission, holding fast to the word, being a people of prayer and being a people of generous service to the world and to each other. We saw then too that as we seek to be a church following Jesus, a church that therefore is seeking to make disciples by word, prayer and service, that this brings growth. The early church struggled with this and things are hard when you grow. People start getting left behind and you have to figure out ways to make sure that doesn't happen. And how do you do that? Not by burdening those who are already in leadership, but by raising up more. The mission of Jesus for the church to make disciples is one that must be supported by the deliberate raising up of fruitful leaders who live lives of high godly standards like we saw last week. And this week we round out our convictions looking at number five, that in all of this, in all of this task that God has set, set us to do as we respond to him as our king, we trust That God is our provider and our job is to steward the gifts he's given us in order to achieve the mission that he sent us on. So let's take a look at these two parts to our fifth conviction. God being our provider and us stewards of his gifts. Of course, this is kind of connected back to that first conviction. Jesus Christ is head of the church because God being our provider is a statement that yes, God is in control. He made everything and he owns everything. And this part of our conviction is stating our belief that it is God who owns the resources for ministry in this parish and throughout the world. And it is God who is able to bless and resource the ministry to which he has called us to. And we actually see story after story after story in the scriptures of God providing the resources for his people to survive and thrive as they seek to be his people in the world, showing uh, his word to the nations. So we had our reading from Deuteronomy 2, which is uh, as Moses begins to recap for the people of God, how God has been with them in in the wilderness before they enter the promised land. And at the end of that reading in verse seven, uh, he says, The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. Moses is reminding the people of God how he has been with them on their journey and how he will continue to be with them as they head into the promised land if they stay faithful to God. And we know that Moses is telling the truth, don't we? Because we know the story of the Exodus and we know how God provided for his people when they cried out under the yoke of slavery and we know how God provided for his people when they uh, were being chased by the Egyptians and he parted the Red Sea and we know how he provided water from a rock and manna from heaven. Whenever they've been in trouble, God has provided. When there's been an enemy to defeat, God has provided. And Moses is saying, continue to have faith. Though we know that they're not particularly good at that. But Moses is encouraging them, continue to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, Sorry, in God, who we know through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same in the New Testament too, that the, the people of God trust in the provision of God So in our second reading from Philippians 4, we read about how Paul has endured all this tough stuff in his ministry life. And yet through it all, he remains content because he knows God will provide what he needs. We read in our second reading about how Paul there uh, is praising and thanking the church in Philippi for their generous giving to support his mission of planting churches in other places. They have given generously to Paul. And Paul reminds them that uh, that as they have given generously to the mission of God, they too can trust that God will support them in their mission. Philippians 4.19 And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. The people of God trust in the provision of God to achieve the mission of God. And in fact... Jesus teaches the same thing. We heard a little bit about it in the children's talk this morning. But Jesus actually teaches us too, doesn't he? To rely on the provision of God. Matthew 6 and 7, where our children's talk reading came from this morning, uh, there Jesus reminds us of God's good provision for his people. When he's teaching us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, Verse 11. What does he say? Pray, give us today our daily bread. Ask God for your needs. And then, uh, back as as that uh, section continues uh, in chapter 7 of Matthew's gospel, or if you if we were reading the Lord's prayer in Luke's gospel, this would be immediately after uh, his teaching on the Lord's prayer. Jesus says, "Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake?" If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is telling his disciples, God will provide. He does it for the birds. He'll do it for you. If you know how to do it for your kids, God will do it for you. He'll provide whatever is needed for the mission of the church, for the people of God. He's provided for Paul to enable his life and mission. He provided for the people of Israel for their life and mission. And it's really interesting actually, isn't it, when you see that Jesus teaches in the Lord's Prayer to say, give us this day our daily bread. After what? After he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. The prayer first is for the mission of God and secondly for the provision of God to achieve the mission. If we align ourselves with God's disciple making mission, he promises to provide what we need to achieve it. Our job then, as it was for the people of Israel, as it was for God's people in the New Testament, is to steward those gifts in service of the mission. If God provides, then we need to be good stewards of His provision. We need to unlock his, the resources He has given us and deploy them for His service and not for our comfort. We have been living out this conviction, haven't we, over the last few years at Lindisfarne, and it hasn't always been easy. Or comfortable. We spent some time a year, 18 months ago, working through, maybe two years ago in fact, working through that difficult and painful decision of what we were going to do with the assets God had blessed us with. And of course we know, or many of you will know, that St James was recently sold. But part of that whole conversation was trying to think about how do we best unlock the resources that God has blessed us with so that we can be a disciple making body. And as we were having those conversations as a church around what it was that we need to do with St. James, it was difficult, wasn't it? Very hard. Some of you might find this hard to believe. But I actually don't enjoy doing things that make people unhappy or upset. That's not like on things that uh, Chris loves list. It was a hard and agonising decision that together we made. And not everyone liked it, absolutely. It was a, a decision soaked in blood, sweat, tears and prayer. And when we got to June last year, and we started these two new services that we now worship in on a Sunday morning here in St. Athens, we'd made a big decision. We'd made a decision to seek to steward our resources differently. And let me tell you that on that first Sunday in June, the second well, it was the second Sunday of June last year. I remember it clear as day. I was extremely nervous. Had we done the right thing? I was reasonably certain that, though it was hard and though it was difficult, it was right. But I really couldn't be sure. And of course, some of you will know, but maybe not all of you, that in the immediate aftermath of the decision for us to rearrange our finances and rearrange our assets... And moved to the two services here so that we could try and do discipleship of all ages and stages. As we made that decision and as we gathered here in one month, our giving dropped by $2,000 or nearly a quarter. And it stayed that way for a little while. And it was very nerve wracking. And I was very upset with God. And I was very upset with myself because I thought, I've caused all this pain and all this heartache. And maybe I should have just left things as they were. At least we could kind of pay the bills then. And I remember very vividly driving somewhere, angry and upset with God as I stared at a massive hole in our budget that wouldn't go away. And I remember saying to God, God, I don't understand. I- I thought you were the God who provided. I thought if we trusted you and if we uh, did what you said you were calling us to do, to to try and uh, unlock our resources for mission, that, that you would provide for us and you're not. It was a frank discussion in the car. And then an interesting thing happened. In the month following our annual meeting last year, our finances began to turn around. And then they went back up past where they had been before we made the service changes. And then they kept going. up, And they went up so much that over the whole year, even with that massive drop off the cliff, our giving went up by 17%. God has been so generous to us. He has caused you to be so generous in your giving to the mission that he has called us to as a church. He is providing for us as we continue to align ourselves with his vision for us to be a disciple making body. How wonderful it is to see! thank you to those of you who've given joyfully and generously to the work that God has done in this place this year. The generous giving of the people of God has enabled us to make stewardship decisions, like spending money to put in an audio-visual system that is capable of doing 21st century ministry to try and help us reach the next generation. We're able to do some of those things because of the generous giving of the people of God covering our day-to-day expenses. As a church, we've become much less reliant on interest. As God has moved in us and caused us to align with his mission, we have seen his blessing grow. Because what's truly amazing as if our giving growing by 17% after that big drop isn't uh, amazing enough, is what happened next. For what happened next was we began to think about what was it that we needed to do for the discipling of our children, those who were coming to playgroup and then some who were now coming to church. How are we going to provide them with specific ministry that would help them grow as a disciple of Christ? And we thought, well, we need a Sunday school of some description. But how on earth will we do that? We don't feel like those who are here are currently able to get something like that off the ground. And then one Friday morning, our treasurer, Chris, she rings me up and she says, I've got some news for you, Chris. Someone's just given us $24,000. $24,000. I don't know who it is. Maybe you're here today. But in that moment... God has moved that person's heart to generosity to enable us to then do what? Put on Emma, who has done such an amazing job at starting up a a ministry for the discipling of the next generation. That $24,000 almost exactly the amount required for a two-year traineeship. And that person giving it and saying to Chris... I want this to be used to help the ministry that is happening in this place. Wow. Uh, As I look back on the year and I see God's blessing on us, it astounds me. I rejoice. (laughs) I think, how did this happen? It's got nothing to do with me. God provides for his people when they go on his mission together. It is an exciting time to be part of Lindisfarne Anglican Church. And I hope and pray that you're going to continue to give joyfully and generously to the work of mission because there's so much more to do. So many more people out there who need to hear. And I hope and pray that you'll continue to pray for myself and for the parish council we elect today, that they'll be wise stewards of the gifts God gives us. Most of all, I pray that those words that Paul said at the start of our reading today, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say it, rejoice, that those words will ring true for you. Rejoice in the Lord As you serve in a church that seeks his will and seeks his blessing as we seek to make disciples. You see, what God doesn't want for anyone is bitterness. What God doesn't want for anyone is anger. What God doesn't want for anyone is scepticism. He wants you to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say it, rejoice. Rejoice in God's goodness. Rejoice in the vitality and the life. Isn't it amazing that there are... How many kids are here today? I don't know, but guess what? When I started at this church two years ago, I would have, I would have danced around up here if you told me we had this many kids in church two and a half years later. Like David... When the ark came back, I would have, you know, it would have been embarrassing. <laughs> Enjoy what God is doing in this place because it's exciting. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. I've got no idea really how it's happening. But through the prayerful generosity of God's people seeking his will for us as a church. God doesn't want you to be bitter. He doesn't want you to be angry. He doesn't want you to miss out on the joy that he is bringing the people of God as they do the mission of God through good times and bad. Jesus Christ is head of the church and he has sent us to make disciples by word, prayer and service, supported by fruitful godly leaders, God being our provider and us stewards of his gifts my belief that as we continue to align ourselves with these convictions and as we continue to act upon them we will continue to see God do astounding and amazing things as he blesses us as we steward his provision and as we continue to be a church for Lindisfarne making disciples of Jesus Christ. I am excited to see what God does in the next 12 months. Amen. Hey there, thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church, www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au or like us on Facebook, by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless.